0: I'm so excited. Oh I forgot I'm evangelist Tommy. I'm fired up. That God laid on my heart actually in the middle of the night last night. Uh this is one of one of the messages that I dreamed last night, and uh and so I'm gonna preach it tonight. I don't know for sure if this is a Pastor Tommy sermon or an evangelist Tommy sermon, uh time wise. But I know one thing, it's a God sermon. And, uh, and, and that's what's important. And so I want you to open your Bibles with me, if you will. Luke chapter 19, we're going to read two verses of Scripture to get started tonight. Verses 9 and 10 says this in the New Living Translation. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this house today. For this man has shown himself a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you right now. Lord, I thank you that you have come to seek and save those who are lost. I thank you that you have come to save me. You have come to save those that other people think there's no hope for. You have come to save those that other people think are beyond help. Lord, I thank you. You've come to bring revival, renewal, new life into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to speak for a few minutes tonight on looking to save, looking to save. I believe that God wants to come by today and show us that we need to be looking to save. You know, the Bible very clearly tells us, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. If we ask what we will, we'll get it. If we seek it, we'll get it. If we knock, we'll get it. We we have to have all of those things. We've become professionals in the church at asking God for stuff. Give me, 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 give me. But we are not very good at seeking things. When I was a kid we used to play a little game and I'm sure most of you played it called hide and seek. And I would always have to go and count. One, two, three, eight, six, five, nine, fourteen, twenty seven. Hunt, hunt oh no, sorry, wrong 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 game. And, and I would go count, and then I would have to go and seek out my friends. I'd have to go look for them. Now, I'm going to tell you, I didn't really like hide-and-seek. Number one, I wasn't very good at hiding. I, 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 I didn't comprehend everything I needed to comprehend to hide from somebody. Yesterday, we were walking around Crown Center with Mom and Dad, and I about cracked up. We were walking around. The little boy came running by us. He was probably about eight or nine, maybe ten years old. But Beth says even younger, seven, six or seven, maybe. And he's coming by the glass rail to the second floor, see-through glass rail. And he cuts between me and the rail, and he's ducked down underneath the top of the rail, hiding. I thought, son, you got to have a hard time hiding from people behind glass. I was never good at hiding, but neither was I good at seeking. I was not good at seeking and letting people and trying to find people. Every time I go looking for them, they could all hide better than I could hunt. I don't like this game. When everybody's hiding and I'm seeking, and all of a sudden I realize that what that really meant was everybody was somewhere playing the game, and I was by myself being laughed at. (laughs) He can't find us. I wasn't good at hiding, seek. But I tell you what concerns me. Is as an adult, I've not been good at seek. I've not been good at seeking God, seeking God's wisdom, seeking God's understanding, or seeking God's presence. I know how to ask Him for stuff. I know how to ask Him to give me things. But to go looking for it, to go to understand that I need to go out and find it. I need to go out and search out the Word of God. Search out the presence of God. Search out the power of God. That I can't just sit back and wait for it to come to me. The message that God has laid on my heart for tonight is that we need to understand that we should be looking to save. Every time we go looking for God's power, it saves somebody. It saves somebody. That's a churchy word that we use. I've been saved. What it literally means is I've been saved from the pits of hell. I've been saved from the enemy's grasp. I've been delivered. I've been set free. The chains have been broken off of my life. I am no longer a slave to sin. But now I stand victorious, whole, and full of power, and full of anointing. I know and bow to those things that held me back but now i will... Jesus Christ. but it's not enough that I walk in victory it's not enough that I walk in power it's not enough that I am saved but i need you to be saved God has called me as a disciple to disciple. God has called you as a disciple to disciple. We are called to reach out to go and find those who are lost. Jesus here. And we're going to come back to this in a few moments Jesus here says that I have come to seek and save that which was lost. We have the same call on our lives that Christ had on his life and that is to seek and save that which is lost. But we've got to understand there's a purpose and there's a system. The story that, this scripture follows is a very familiar story. And again, my 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 concern is that too many times we hear what story it is and we go, Oh, I know that one. We sang songs about it. We 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 learned about it in children's church, but we haven't read it in a long time. And that's the story of Zacchaeus. That's the story. I love the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree looking for the Lord to see. And I forget how it went from there, but that was a little song we used to sing. It, it, is, it is the power, it is the anointing of Jesus Christ that we need in our life. And Zacchaeus shows us a pattern. The first thing that I see is it Zacchaeus looked for Jesus? Zacchaeus looked for Jesus. The Bible says very clearly in, in uh, uh chapter nineteen verse three says he tried to get a look at Jesus. Jesus is entering into Jericho. And there's a great crowd, and here's this man, Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. But he couldn't see over the crowd because he was small. You know how many times that we feel small in our spirit? And we find it hard to see Christ because we can't see past our shame. We can't see past our guilt. We can't see past our sorrow. We can't see past our hurt. We can't see past our pain. Do you know that in your life too many times we allow pain and sorrow and guilt and our past and our difficulties and our spouse and our kids, they all become big things in our life and we get to a place that we can't look past them To see where God is. We get hemmed in behind them. And somewhere we got to become like Zacchaeus. And we got to say I need to get a look at Jesus. I need to get a look at him. The Bible said that he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree. He got up where he could see. He got above the crowd. You're not going to get to a place you can see God until you get above the issues. And let me tell you, the best place to get above the issues may not be in the top of a sycamore tree. It may be at your knees on an, at an altar. When we begin to move above our situations, above our problems, when we begin to realize that who we are is not imp- as important as who we need to see. The Bible says that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Let me tell you what that meant. He collected taxes for the Roman government. And basically what they told him was, here's what you need to collect. Anything you get above that, you get to keep. So they were known as liars. They were known as cheats. They were known as crooks. And they were known to be rich. They were wealthy. I think too many times we let that pass by us. Zacchaeus was a wealthy man. Zacchaeus was an important man. When Zacchaeus went places, people wanted to do things for him. Number one, he had a lot of money. Number two, he could charge them a lot of money. And if he likes me, then maybe he'll give me a break. People sought to get the favor of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus didn't have to fight to do anything for anybody. He was Zacchaeus, the tax collector. But when he heard Jesus was coming and he realized that he couldn't see him, the Bible said he ran ahead of them. Some of us ain't willing to walk My less run. He ran ahead of them, and he did a childish thing. He climbed up in a tree. He quit worrying about who his stature said he was. He quit worrying about who his career said he was. He quit ru- worrying about what his reputation said he was. And all he realized is, I need to look at Jesus I need to look for him I need to see him I've come by here to tell you today if you don't know Jesus you need to look for him you need to find him I don't care what your background is I don't care if you don't even care much about church and somebody drug you here tonight or if you've been coming to church for 50 years if you're not living right if your life is full of turmoil and pain you need to look for Jesus you need to get out of who you are Get up in a tree and start looking for Jesus. Zacchaeus ran ahead of the crowd. He looked for Jesus. But then the Bible says that when Jesus came by, verse 5, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. All of a sudden, what we find out is when Zacchaeus climbed up in that tree to look for Jesus, he wasn't the only one looking for somebody. Because Jesus, when he came by, the Bible said he looked up. And he looked at Zacchaeus. Can I let you in on a secret tonight? As I said just a second ago, I don't care why you're here. I don't care if you're new to the church or you've been around for 50 years. I don't care if you're a Sunday school teacher or if you just barely skirt around. You barely can say you believe in God. I don't care. I've come by to tell you when you walked in the building today, Jesus started looking for you. Jesus started looking for you. For you. He started seeking you out. You ever been in a crowd that you knew somebody you cared about was there? I used to hate to go to the General Assembly when I was a kid. When I was a little kid, I, I went to General Assemblies all the time with Mom and Dad. And it would come time for lunch and my mom would tell me, go down by the door of the General Assembly floor. That's where the, all the, back then, ordained ministers, now ordained bishops sit to figure out what we're supposed to be doing. And back in those days, in my childhood, I am convinced that Church of God preachers were only allowed to have dark brown, dark blue, and black suits. Don't think they were allowed to have anything else. We would be in Dallas, Texas. It would be 125 degrees. And every one of those guys were out there in suits and ties. and, And my mama and every other mama there would send us kids to the door of the floor when they released for lunch, go find your daddy and bring him back here. You would hear that final Minister, say that final amen of that session, and you'd start to hear the rumble. Reminds me of that scene in The Lion King. When the water buffalo come flowing down into the canyon. I've seen a few kids have to be grabbed from the middle so they didn't get trampled. And we would stand there, and we would be looking. For our daddy, wearing a dark brown, dark blue, or black suit. I know my daddy, he was a little thinning in hair. You know how many Church of God preachers are thinning in their hair? I resemble that now. I I, I remember how hard it was to look for him. But my job when I got there was to look for him. immense that 2,000 men that were coming out of that room. I was looking for one. Can I tell you, every time we walk into the house of God, every time we get up and begin to call on the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, amongst all of creation, begins to look for you. Oh, I want to see, oh, see you. Oh, I want to see you. Oh, I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to see you. One of the joys I have as a pastor is I like to look for people. I'll get to preaching. Now there are sometimes Beth will say, "Well, so and so there," and I go, "I don't know. I was preaching." But I notice, especially people I haven't seen in a while, I'll be preaching, and you know how I walk around and I go, "Oh, wow, they made it." Oh, wow, it's good to see them. I look for them. I got news for you. God is looking for you. Jesus has set a sight. He has set a plan in place that can't happen until he finds you. When Jesus finds Zacchaeus, he finds him in a tree, and he looks up at him and says, Come down quickly because I need to be a guest in your house today. See, Jesus already had a plan to visit his house, but he couldn't get to his house till he found him. We've talked about how we found God. I found God this night. I found God this day. I got news for you. You didn't find nobody wasn't looking for you. God had a plan. God has a plan. Somebody may be here tonight and God's about to find you. He's about to find you tonight. He's about to let you know you need to get to this altar quickly because I need to come in and be a guest in your heart. I need to come in and be a guest in your life. God didn't bring you here by accident. You're not here for whatever reason you think you're here. You're here because God is looking for you. And Jesus needs to be a guest in your house today. He needs to be a guest in your heart, and he can't be there until he sees you. Zacchaeus was looking for God, looking for Christ. Christ was looking for Zacchaeus. Believe it. Leave it to be that people aren't satisfied. People aren't satisfied with God's plan. Verse 6 says, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house with great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He is going to be a guest of the notorious sinner, they grumbled. He has gone to be a guest of the notorious sinner. People looked through their prejudice. People looked through their prejudices. Can I tell you something, one of the struggles we have in the church today is we don't look through Christ's eyes, we look through ours. You're not fancy enough, or you're not poor enough. Come on, let's be honest. I say it all the time, in the Pentecostal church, we'd rather reach, reach a poor person than somebody that's got some money. Because it's better to suffer for Jesus. I don't care if you're rich or poor, you need Christ. You're not righteous enough, you're not clean enough, you're not holy enough, you're not good enough. No, duh, they're not saved yet. They haven't been cleaned up yet. I got some fishermen in this room. And one thing I know for sure is you don't clean a fish before you catch a fish. I don't know anybody that takes a bath so they can take a shower. I don't know any normal people that take a bath so they can take a shower. We don't have to clean up to get cleaned up. But some reason in the church, we get upset when God begins to bring the sinners in the house. For some reason, we get uneasy when all of a sudden somebody comes in the house of God drunk. Where else you want them to go? You want them to go to the bar? Truth of the matter is, most of you would rather they go to the bar because they wouldn't bother you if at the bar. We have our prejudices. God can save me from my sin, but their sin's too bad. God can save me from what He delivered me from, but I don't know that He can ever truly deliver you from what your problem was. The people of the church became angry. They became upset. Why is Jesus going to his house? He is a notified, he is a notorious sinner. Everybody knows he's a crook. Well, you know why that church across town is growing, don't you? Because they have no standards. They will not let anybody come to church. They'll just let anybody that wants to walk in their doors, walk in there. They have no standards. We're small, and we're going to stay small because we check out their credentials at the door. Mm -hmm. I know we don't say the last part, but we say the first part churches grow because they don't have standards. No, the truth of the matter is churches grow because they reach out to the hurting and they don't care what it looks like. They don't care if it's an alcoholic or a drug dealer or a prostitute. They don't care if it's a liar or a cheat. They'll even let some of you gossiping Pentecostals show up if you want to. We got to get to a place that we quit judging people before we look through Christ's eyes. We got to get to a place that we quit saying who can and can't have the mercy of God. I got news for you. You may be here tonight and you may have walked in feeling like you didn't belong. You may have walked in feeling like you wasn't good enough, feeling like you didn't fit here. I got news for you. God brought you here and I don't care who else says you shouldn't be here. I have invited you and God has invited himself to be in your house. I got news for you. Change will come. Change will come. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. The change will happen. But not until you become in Christ. If you're here tonight and you've been struggling and you've been fighting to try to fix all your bad habits, trying to get everything straightened out, trying to solve all your problems so you can come to Christ, you've gotten it backwards. Quit trying to fix yourself and just give yourself. I know what you've heard from the church. I know what you've heard from Christians. don't know about you you're evil you know what I heard from Christians all liars will have their part in the lake of fire I knew I was a liar I knew I had the lake of fire in my future But somewhere down the road, I had to understand that it didn't matter that that was what I deserved. God's grace and God's mercy said, if you'll listen to me, if you'll look for me and understand I'm looking for you, quit worrying about what other people say. I will clean up the lion. I will clean up the problems. I will take care of the situations. But right now, you just got to trust me. Zacchaeus, look for Jesus. Jesus looked for Zacchaeus. The people looked on with their prejudices. But then the Bible goes on and we find that Zacchaeus began to look for repentance. And we talked about repentance the other day. Repentance does not mean you pray a prayer. Repentance does not mean Lord, I admit that I sinned. I believe that you died for my sin. I confess that you are the Lord of my life. Come into my life and help me do what you want me to do. That's the sinner's prayer. That gets you started. That's not repentance. Repentance is when you change direction. repentance is when you say, you know what, this is where I've been going, this is what I've been doing, but now I've met Jesus, and he's become my friend, he's become my Savior, and I'm going to change. And I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to do something different. Zacchaeus comes, and the Bible says, meanwhile, while the people were bellyaching, while the church was complaining, while people were... Gossiping and backbiting and say, I don't know what's wrong with Jesus. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus was in the house saying, I want to give half of everything I own to the to the to the to the ministry. And I want to take, and everybody that I've cheated, I'm gonna give them back four times what I stole from her. I don't know what the numbers were, but when I run those kind of numbers in my head. He was basically saying, I'm giving everything away. What I don't re- restore back to people I've robbed, I'm going to give to the church. Here's what he was saying. I was a notorious sinner, but now I'm going to be a notorious Christian. Yes. Yes. You, you, you see, we got to get to a place that we start looking for our repentance. We spend too much time going, well, God, I, I didn't know any better back then, but, but, you know, that's the way you made me. It'll be okay if I keep this attitude or if I keep this habit or if I keep this mindset, it'll be okay as long as nobody knows that I'm doing this and nobody knows that I'm doing that. It'll be okay as long as I'm not any worse than any of the other believers in the church. Don't judge your Christianity by the people that sit around you in a church service. Or you will be holding hands with them and wonder why Jesus left you in the rapture. He said, I want to step out and I want to start looking for how I can repent. I want to look how I can show that I am different. When God saved my life, when God come in and tore my life up, I had been a liar. I knew how to play the game. Most of you here know my testimony. I knew when to raise my hands. I knew when to cry. I knew when to shout. I knew when I was supposed to go to the altar. And I knew when it was okay to go to sleep. I knew it all. And all of a sudden, God got a hold of my life one Sunday morning, and I got in the altar, and I felt a real change. And I began to look for my repentance. God, how's anybody going to know that this is any different? My sin was everybody thought I didn't have any sin. At least that's the way I portrayed myself. Most people probably knew I had sin. I just thought everybody thought I had no sin. My my sin was that I acted the part. God, show me how to fix this. And God said, trust me. Went back to church on Sunday night. Brother James Jones grabbed a microphone in the middle of praise and worship and began to exhort the church. I don't remember what the exhortation was on. I don't remember what he was talking about. I just know the Spirit of God started moving. We had a church building there that was probably 50 foot wide maybe 60 foot wide, and 7,000 feet long. Our church was so long that even us even us backless, back, backslid teenagers sat halfway up. It was too far to sit in the back. It was a long church. It probably literally was 100 to 120 feet long. And, and I was sitting about halfway, two-thirds of the way from the back, standing at a pew, and all of a sudden, he started. we were singing. The preacher started exhorting and preaching, and you, you know how we get when we jump in the middle, sort of like I was last Sunday night when I jumped up in the middle of praise and worship and just started preaching. And I'm standing there. Back then I was young, and I couldn't stand still. I wasn't as refined and dim and, 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 and self-contained as I am now. And, and, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, Brother James Jones. I heard that, my wife. She said, I thought he was delivered of lying. Uh all of a sudden, Brother James Jones, our pastor, dropped the mic. Now that wasn't even a phrase back then, but he dropped the mic. And he took off running. Brother Jones was about five foot seven one way and about five foot two the other way. No, he wasn't that bad, but <laughs> To an 18-year-old, tall, skinny kid, he was short and plump. Good, the camera's not working. To a 50-year-old, tall, plump guy, he was pretty slender. But anyway, he took off running down that aisle, and when he ran by me, it was like a magnet pulled me into that aisle. My eyes were closed, and I took off running after him. And all I knew is I rounded one corner, and we ran across the back of the church. I rounded the next corner. I opened my eyes, and I heard I look behind me, and Brother Jones was behind me. thought, how in the world did I pass him? I later found out. I jumped out in the aisle behind him. He heard me. I scared him. He ducked in a pew and let me by. He was afraid I was going to run right up his back. I took off, and I ran around that church. I come across come down that other side. I come running into the front. I hit the front. I did a Holy Ghost two step all the way across the front of that church. Spun around and did the two-step all the way back again. About three quarters away. Nobody touched me. Nobody laid hands on me. I kicked both feet up in the air and went straight to the ground. <laughs> the anointing of God was so strong on me. And when I'm laying on that ground, you know what God told me? Everybody knows it's real now. Everybody knows it's real now. And... and what I'm telling you is, when I got in that altar Sunday morning, I said, "God, you got to show me how to prove my repentance. You got to show me how to sh- to let the world know I'm different." That's what Zacchaeus was doing. Let me show you. Let me look for my repentance. Our problem is, we come to an altar, we want to pray a namby pamby sissy prayer. And then we want to go home and do whatever we've always been doing and say it's okay. No, 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 no. You're going to come to the altar. You're going to pray that prayer. It may be the same words, but it's going to be a different spirit. And when you leave that altar, you're going to leave this altar saying, okay, God, show me how to repent. Show me how to go a different direction. Show me how to act different. Show me what I need to restore. Show me what I need to change. Show me the words I need to say. Let me know who I need to apologize to. Let me know who I need to lean on. Let me know what I need to study, what I need to learn, how I need to commit this, that, or the other. I got news for you. Until we start looking for our repentance, we will be a hollow church covered on the outside with man's words that we've called prayer and empty on the inside because we haven't repented of anything we haven't changed directions Zacchaeus looked for Jesus. Jesus looked for Zacchaeus. The people looked with their prejudices. Zacchaeus looked for his repentance. And then Jesus looked through his purpose. The verses that I read to start this sermon said Jesus responded, "Salvation has come to this house today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who were lost." Would you look at that passage? He says, "Salvation." has come to this house today. For this man has shown himself. Be a true son of Abraham. We need some men and women that are willing to show themselves. We live in a day and age that people only want to give their hearts to the Lord if everybody can have their heads bowed and eyes closed. I don't want anybody to know I don't want anybody to know well pastor I don't want anybody to know that I raised my hand for salvation I'm a Sunday school teacher I'm an evangelist I'm a preacher I don't care who you are if you need to repent of sin you need to repent of sin you need to turn from your wicked ways and let God change your life I told you the story of how I went to Brownsville Revival in Pensacola Florida they gave me a bright orange sticker that said guest pastor when I walked in they set me in great seats in the front of that auditorium and got up and preached the word of god the light of conviction was so strong on my life when they gave the call for salvation i found myself in the altar going had my hand over my guest pastor badge because i didn't want anybody to know i was a guest pastor then i looked around and there was 35 of us guest pastors See, what happened is when I got there and I saw through God's eyes, I began to show myself as a true believer. I began to show myself as somebody that wanted more of God. I began to show myself, not that I was weak, not that I was struggling, not that I was evil, but that I was hungry. He showed himself. To be a true son of Abraham. And then that next verse. Jesus says. For I have come. To seek. And save. Those that are lost. Jesus says you need to understand the purpose. Behind this. The purpose behind my life, the purpose behind my ministry, the purpose behind this day is because I have come to seek, I've come to look for and save those that are lost. I've not walked into any place to bring glory to myself. I've not walked into any place, Jesus says, to, 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 to show off my power. I've not come to show off my ability, but I have come to seek and to save those that are lost. I have come to look for and save those who are sitting in the church pews, acting like they got it all together, but inside the heart they're full of sin. I've come to open a door of hope in a valley of trouble. I've come to seek and save those who are lost. Oh, let me tell you how it's going to happen. Sometimes it's going to be mama and daddy said you got to go to church. Sometimes it's going to be because your wife says I really want you to go with me. Sometimes it's going to be because your husband said would you please go to church with me. Sometimes it's going to be because your son or daughter said I'm going to be in the church play. Will you come see me? But however it works out, God is going to bring you in the house not because he wants you looking for him because he's going to bring you into a place where he can look for you if Jesus can't get you into the house of God where he can find you in a pew you better hold on to your socks honey because he's going to find you in one He's not just looking in the church house. If he can't find you in the church, he'll find you someplace else. If he can't find you in the church, he'll find you at Walmart. He'll find you at work if he can't find you there you better hang on because I know plenty of people that God showed up in the middle of a bar in the middle of a drunken stupor and found them in the middle of their pain he'll find you in a gutter he'll find you in a prison cell he'll find you in a hospital room he'll find you on a deathbed he'll find you somewhere but know this God is looking for you and you can enjoy what he has if you'll just let him find you to let him see you today. Jesus is looking through his purpose. Praise God Almighty, he's not looking through my purpose. Not looking through the purpose of a church. Hopefully, our, our, our vision is to love God, live like Jesus, follow the Holy Spirit, and serve the world. That means that we want to we wanna love God the way the way that, 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 that we should. We want to live like Jesus. Jesus reached out. He came to seek and save. That was lost. We want to follow the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come. The reason we're anointed by the Holy Spirit is not to speak in tongues as many things. We're anointed by the Holy Spirit to be witnesses of Jesus. And to serve the world, I don't mean we go out and take care of their problems for them. I mean we serve them the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is our purpose. But God doesn't look through our purpose. Our purpose, and rightfully so, should be that I don't want you to suffer. See, our problem is not enough of us to even know our purpose. We think our job is to save our own skin. Everybody else take care of themselves. We even act that way. Well, I had to go through all these troubles before God found me. They can go through their own problems too. I'm gonna to tell you for sure. If I could if I could save one student if I could save one elementary school kid or high school kid from going through the junk I went through in elementary school and high school by teaching them to trust God, you better know I'll do it. You better know I'll do it. If I can save one adult from having to live through the weave of lies that I lived, lived through, you better know I'm going to find a way to reach them. But we got to learn to see through his eyes. His eyes are, for I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. That means everybody that's lost. In this room, I hate preaching about this room. we've come way too comfortable in overlooking sin in the church because we don't want to offend somebody we've become way too comfortable in overlooking pious self-righteous sin in the church because we don't want to offend somebody but jesus said i came to seek and save that was that which is lost and you may have found your way at one time, but if you got lost in your piousness, in your self-righteousness, in your holier-and-thou attitude, you're just as lost as a drug dealer on the street. And God wants to reach you just as much as he wants to reach the others. But I'm telling you, it doesn't stop here. We gotta get outside these walls. We gotta get into these neighborhoods. And we've gotta reach those that are lost. We've gotta understand that God's gonna bring us in some drunks. God's gonna bring us in some people that are gonna be high. God's gonna bring in homicide. Sexuals and 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 lesbians and gays and and cross dressers—they're all going to come in, and they—I want them here. They can't get the truth sometimes out there. I want them to be somewhere where they can get the truth. Am I going to condone what they do? Not for a second. But am I going to love them? And I'm going to try to see the world through the eyes of Christ. Christ said, "I have come to seek, to look for, to seek out those that are lost and." And save them. I've got news for you. We need to start seeking out the hurting, seeking out the lost, seeking out the sinners. I don't want to be around sinners. Sinners scare me. Then you don't have the eyes of Christ. In a crowd of people, Wanting his attention. The one that Jesus said, I want to go to your house, was the one that was a notorious sinner. I want to be up with you. I want to be with you. If they know enough to seek me, then they know enough to find me. If you think it's all about seeing me, you need to understand who I am. God. Wants to save everyone. God God wants to change the church person's life. God wants to change the religious person's life. And God wants to change the notorious sinner's life. I believe that God is sending us a revival that's going to revive the church. Somewhere down the road, some of you are going to get enough understanding to realize you don't need to just pray and praise. You need to repent. You need to repent. But God's not just going to stop there. He's also going to reach outside the walls. And he's going to find that person that's good as gold. Nice. Give the shirt off his back. Midwestern good old boy. Man, they're just good people, but they don't know him. And he's going to save them. And he's not going to stop there. He's going to go find that person that makes people a little nervous. And he's going to save them that person had that bad attitude, that person's always cussing, that person that's always angry, that person that's always yelling and screaming, and he's going to put love and peace in their life. But he ain't going to stop there. He's going to go find that person that's caught up in alcohol and drugs and and alternative lifestyles that that we look at in disgust and say, how can they do that? How can they do that to themselves? And he's going to grab his hand, arms of love around them, and he's going to say, I died for you just like I I died for the church. I got news for you. He has come to seek and save that which is lost. Are you lost? Mm. Time for the rubber to hit the road now. Time to get serious about this thing now. We can say amen and we can preach and I can yell and I can scream. But if we don't ask some hard questions, we don't get true victory. Is Jesus seeking you? Is he looking for you? Is your life best described by turmoil? Is your life best described by hard times? Is your life best described by bad attitudes or anger? Is your life best described by depression and pain? Jesus is looking for you. Is your life best described? By doing whatever makes you feel good at the moment? Do you live for yourself or do you live for Jesus? Do you make decisions by what you want to do or do you make decisions by what God wants you to do? If you're making decisions by what you want to do, I don't care where you've been. I don't care if you've been to church your whole life. Jesus is looking for you. He's looking for you. Somewhere. I said it Friday night, somewhere we got to understand a dead church isn't going to bring revival to a sick city. If we're going to change, we got to be willing to say, you know what? There's got to be more than what I've got. There's got to be more. And what I'm what I'm doing. There's got to be more than the habit of church. Talked about it this morning. Sometimes we think we're sacrificing, but we're only giving. We're only sacrificing out of habit and obligation, not out of love and worship. God, I, I know there's something more. Maybe I felt it once before, and now I just feel like I'm going through the motion Jesus is looking for. Pastor, are you telling me that I'm backslid? Yes. Sorry. If I didn't love you, I'd say, well, no, you're just having a hard time. But if we're not on fire, then at the the best, if we're not on fire for God, we're lukewarm. And the Bible very clearly says, I would would that you be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. So anything other than on fire for God needs help. But I got good news for you. Jesus is looking for you. Jesus is looking for you, and he's looking to save. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm not asking anybody to bow your heads. I'm not asking anybody to close your eyes. I'm not asking people to raise your hands. I want you to understand enough that Jesus is looking for you that I want you to become like Zacchaeus and say, where can I go find him? And this altar is your sycamore tree. This altar is your sycamore tree. And when I pray this prayer, don't sit there and talk yourself out of it. Some of you already know, some of you knew halfway through the sermon, he's preaching to me. Some of you know right now that you need to make things right with God and you're making a decision in your mind right now whether or not you're willing to let God find you tonight. It's not about you finding him. It's about him finding you. He's here. You're here. And you know that you need him. Will you let him find you? I told the girls a story the other day that I've told many times before by a young man named Jimmy Brown. The power of God was moving at Texas camp meeting. I would have been about three years old. My mother got up and went to Jimmy Brown, 15-year-old boy, sat down next to him and said, "Jimmy." Will you go to the altar and give your heart to the Lord? And Jimmy said, next week is youth camp, Sister Sandifer. And I'll go to the altar camp, I promise. But I don't want to do it here with all the adults here. I'll do it later. That was on Thursday or Friday night. The next Saturday, the Saturday before youth camp, Jimmy and his family were at the lake outside of Cleburne, Texas. Strong swimmer, strong young man got grabbed by an undertow and pulled under the water. And the first memory of my life was sitting at the lake for five hours as they drugged that lake for Jimmy's body. I hope I've grown up. I I I remember that event. And I've grown up hearing the story. And I hope that somewhere when he realized that he was fighting for his life, that he had enough knowledge to say, God, forgive me. We don't know. Oh, Pastor, you're trying to scare us. No, I'm not. I'm trying to tell you, you're here. God's here. God wants to find you tonight. Don't make him wait. This is your time. This is your time. Now it's going to be time from here out to start looking for your repentance. Start looking how you can do something better. How you can be different. As I pray, will you let Christ find you tonight? If you're ready to let Christ find you, as I'm praying, I want you to get out of your seat boldly. Come to this altar, and I want you just to start. Here's all I want you to say, God, I give myself to you. That's it. No fancy words, no fancy. God, I give myself to you. We'll be coming and praying with you. We'll have people praying with you. But the first thing starts is, God, I'm here. Lord, I want to see you, and I'm here so you can see me. Because when we see each other, I came to seek And save that which is lost. As I pray, come, Your heavenly Father, right now. Lord, I bind Satan and his distractions right now. Lord, I bind Satan right now from telling people they don't need this altar. I bind right now I bind Satan from telling people that they're too good or they're too important or they're too this or do that. Lord, I bind Satan from telling people that they're not good enough that they need to clean some things up before they get to this altar. I bind Satan right now from telling people that they need to straighten some things out then they can do it later. Lord, tonight you're here, they're here. Lord, let them look for you because I already know you're looking for them. Lord, let them look for you because I already know that you are looking for them, Lord Jesus. Lord, right now, begin to change lives, begin to change hearts in Jesus' name. I need some spirit filled believers up here praying with these people right now. Somebody get with everybody right now and let's begin to pray.